to the Gridiron Show, Will Gavin, and I'm in the studio today with a certified NFL broadcasting legend. Baldy is with us, Brian Baldinger, to go over each of the four weekend matchups. We'll also give our predictions. And as always, we want to hear from you. It's Gridiron on Twitter, at UK Gridiron on Instagram. This is the Gridiron Show. Hello, welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin uh, back in the studio. Uh, we're going to have our chats with Brian Baldinger coming up shortly. If you've not listened to our coaching lineup um, uh, podcast we did in the pub earlier this week, go back and give it a listen because it is well worth hearing our thoughts, uh, I think, on uh, the new coaching hires, Matt. Uh, Sherry particularly strong on the Matt Rule stuff. And, and it's interesting because after I finished this chat with Brian Baldinger, you're about to hear, we had a long chat about Matt Rule. He's a guy that he knows very well and actually is going to be coming on the Sky coverage between two of the games, one of the nights this weekend. And he has just said to me that Matt Rule is a guy that any player will want to play for. And if they don't, there will be no prima donnas on his team. There will be no one who doesn't work hard. He will be a guy who gets the very best out of his team, no matter what. And I thought it was really interesting. We kind of got into the Cam Newton thing as well. And he essentially said, it's up to Cam. We need to, we don't know what his health is like at the moment, but once that, particular issue is is solved whether or not he's going to work on this team will be down to cam newton because he's convinced that matt rule will be the right man to get the best out of him if cam newton's willing to be the man to let matt rule get the best out of him so it was really fascinating always a really good time chatting to boarding he's been brilliant on the sky coverage this year uh let's hear our chat with brian boarding and we'll come off the back of it and i'll do a little prediction uh, as always please do go give us a rating and review uh, on itunes or whatever podcast app you use it does really help people find the show in the meantime here is nfl network former nfl lineman and all-round legend brian Bordinger. Delighted to say that joining us in the studio to preview the weekend's games, you'll have seen him over Sky, you'll have seen him on NFL Network for years, on the field if you're a fan of a certain vintage. Delighted to say that Brian Balding is with us. Baldy, how are you doing, sir? Well, I'm, I'm fantastic. I mean, I love London. And I love talking football, so, I mean, I'm right in my element right here. How has it been being over for, like, the last couple of weeks? And rather than the L.A. lifestyle that I'm sure you've got used to yeah. working with the network, being out here and enjoying the football over the last couple of weeks? Well, you just have to adjust to the time, you know, the time. I mean, we're watching these games at 3 in the morning, you know. So, um, no, I, I, I do other activities at 3 in the morning, but I haven't been studying football <laughs> at that hour. So, other than that, but the games were so incredibly good last weekend, you didn't think about sleep. I mean, really. I mean, I, I can't remember a weekend of games that competitive. Two overtime games. I mean, all the way down to the New Orleans Saints and what the Minnesota Vikings did. I mean, every single and the Philadelphia Eagles in Seattle. Uh, even without Carson Wentz, I mean, they came down to the wire in all these games. And I, so, for that reason alone, it was just it was the ultimate of excitement. Because we've had a couple of teams like that this season, and we'll talk about, obviously, the games coming up, but you look at, like, the 49ers the last five weeks of the season, every game came down to the final play. The Seahawks Mm -hmm. have set a record for the most one-score wins this season. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's been a year where we've had a lot of games like that. When, When you're a player and you're coming off a week like that. You think about Minnesota after the Minneapolis miracle mm-hmm. got absolutely tonked the next week. Mm-hmm. How difficult is it to kind of keep your level high after you've had to go through something, a game that tough? Well, the only thing about Minnesota this year versus the Minnesota miracle was I felt like they earned that win. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a miracle. 
they went to overtime. They went into New Orleans. You know, Minnesota Miracle was in Minnesota. They were at home. Uh, yes, it was the Saints, but this was on the road against a 13-3 and team with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, who was expected. And all the way down to the final week of the season, they could have been a number one seed and rested last week. And now it fell that they were the number three seed. But, you know, they went in there, New Orleans, and they earned that win. And it was a team win. I mean, Kirk Cousins made his plays, and Adam Thielen was back. And that defense has been there basically, the whole defense has been there with Mike Zimmer the whole time. And so they, they, they played really, really well. And so I would think that on that plane ride home back to Minnesota, that they could, it's one of those wins where you could get real confident, not mm-hmm. overconfident, and not like there's going to be a crash next week. Like we're ready for the next challenge. Well, on that, I'm kind of stunned that the 49ers are are almost touchdown favourites in this game because I think what's so intriguing to me about it is you talked about that defence. I think it's eight of the 11 players have been together for five years. Mm -hmm. I thought Mike Zimmer schemed brilliantly against Sean Payton last week. Well, now he's going up against another brilliant offensive mind, and it is Shanahan versus Zimmer. That's the battle I'm really excited for on, on Saturday evening. And it's a totally different offense. I mean, it is, you know, stretch runs and play action. And it's ghost motion and fly sweep motion. And and I just, you know, I, I think one thing about Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, and he, I've talked to him about this before, but, you know, when he was the offense coordinator in Atlanta, Cleveland, different places, he was just the play caller. But now he's the head coach and he's got to think about everything. And so things where he might have taken chances before is just a play caller without having to deal with the ramifications I think he thinks differently now. But I, I know, Kyle, he'll come up with plays that nobody has seen yet this year. Like he, That's just the way he thinks. Um, I don't know when he comes up with these ideas, but he, he'll have new ideas that no matter how much the Vikings prepare for, they're going to su- see some things that that experience you talked of, Will, has to come into play. And you just better be able to read your keys and not take the cheese in some of these <laughs> some of these plays where that's what he wants you to do. How do you nullify the likes of Everson Griffin and, and Daniil Hunter, though, on that Vikings line that is so good and the pass rush is, is so powerful? They were really good last weekend. And, you know, putting Everson Griffin inside and against uh, Andrews Pete was a really clever move. And, it, you know, you kind of sometimes just have to win the down, you know, and they won the down there. But I think... You know, the one thing is that they've seen great pass rushers. They've seen Jadeff. The 49ers have been battle-tested all year. They went to New Orleans and won. They they went to Baltimore and took them to the brink. They've battled Seattle twice in overtime and right to the week 17, right to the end. You know, so they, they've been tested by a, by a lot of good teams. Kansas City, I mean, they've seen the best of the best this year. They blew out Green Bay. So I think they've seen great players and great teams and great coaching all year long. What do you think of, of the Kirk Cousins effect after last week? I mean, what I will say is that that was a game that, you said it, they went and earned that win. But for maybe two and a half quarters, we were looking at that side and saying, mm-hmm. Minnesota should be winning this game by two or three scores at this point. Everyone will look at the end of the game and Thielen and, and Cousins putting it on their back. But it, how do you focus on that at the end of the game and not think to themselves, well, we're going up against a really good defense here? Well, I mean, that's what good teams do. The good teams, you know, they, they ran the ball really well, uh, the Vikings did, with Dalvin Cook. They ran for 82 yards in the first half. They had a really good half running the football. And then, you know, they did some things differently in the second half of New Orleans. And that's sometimes how the flow of a game goes, where you could get get off to a good start and things are pretty good, and then you can go flat. 
And then you got to figure out a way to go win it. And they did that. And that's just that, you know, they beat a great team. I mean, a team that a lot of teams, a lot of people thought were very capable of winning a Super Bowl this year, especially the heartache that they'd suffered over the last two seasons. So, I mean, sometimes that just is the way it goes. But Kirk didn't turn the ball over, took care of the football. They played in the loudest stadium that anybody's going to play at in the pro season, and you didn't see them become unglued or play without poise. I mean, they played with that all the whole time. You've been able to run on this 49ers team this year. They've given up 100 yards in, in 12 or 13 games this season. So is it Dalvin Cook or Bust? Is that where you've got to lean on that part of your game? I think so. I mean, Dalvin's just a great player. And, you know, he's he missed quite a bit at the end of the season with some injuries. Um, when he's healthy, I think he'll be healthier this week than he was last week. There's some things that he could just do that other backs can't do. They're just not as talented. Uh, I thought coming out that year, I thought he was the best back three years ago coming out with Christian McCaffrey and Fournette and Kamara and all the guys. I thought he was the best. It was a great group. Chris Carson in Seattle and he's not going to play now in the playoffs, but I thought he was the best out of all of them. Um, And so, but that's what they want to do. They want to run him on zone stretch and play action pass off. 49ers kind of want to do the same thing on offense. And when they can do that, they can be a pretty good offense because they really have three very good receivers in Stephon Diggs and, and Rudolph and, of course, Adam Thielen. So they've got targets to go to. It's, it's interesting you mentioned about the schemes being similar. It's a big game for Mike Shanahan's legacy, it feels like, with the Kubiak and Stefanski on one side for the mm. Vikings and his son on the other side. And I, I, I'm really excited to see two, I think, quite innovative offenses. I'm, I think it's going to be great. Well, there's a lot of innovation and there's a lot of proven coaching that has gone on both sides. And so Gary Kubiak and his son, um, you know, and Gary's role now with Stefanski in Minnesota and what they're doing. Uh, it looks a little bit like what they did in 2012 in Baltimore when they won a Super Bowl. And it looks like what Mike did, Shanahan did with Terrell Davis, you know, in Denver. And so there is this crossover, you know, that goes back and forth and the familiarity with what they do. But you still have to go play the game. And, you know, great play callers just know how to pull that one play out at the right time. And then, you know, know how to execute it. And I, I've watched the 49ers do it all year long. So I think th- their explosion in the run game, this Raheem Mostert has really mm-hmm. scored seven touchdowns in the month of December. I mean, he, his speed, I mean, he was the second fastest college football player next to Tyree Kill. You know, he ran college track at Purdue, and he's won the 100 meters in the state of Florida. I mean, he's, he's got speed like just about nobody else. Of course, we've gone about this game much longer than we expected to, but that's what you can imagine when you're speaking to a 49ers fan. So, uh, Saturday evening, the game that I'll be doing on Talk Sport, the late game, uh, the Tennessee Titans going into Baltimore. You know, they potentially ended a dynasty last weekend. They're getting lots of pats on the back for that. And the reward is going and facing, I think, probably the best team in football this year. I agree. I think the Baltimore Ravens have not just been the best team, but I believe Lamar Jackson has been the best player. Not just the best player throughout the season, but he's been the best player. He's been the best football player on the field every week. And they've been tested. They went to Seattle and they won. They, they beat the 49ers. I mean, they've, they've seen a lot of great teams. The Los Angeles Rams had no answer for Lamar Jackson. And just talking to Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, a couple weeks ago prior to the Cleveland Browns game that they did, um, he told me that he saved a bunch of offense for January. That's terrifying. It is terrifying. Well, I mean, and, and I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, is that, and, and really, if it works, if they call it and it works, are we going to be looking at something that we've never seen at in the NFL? 
Because Lamar is kind of like something we've never seen. I played with Randall Cunningham. He was a great player in his own right. I, I did the Philadelphia Eagle games when Mike Vick was there, and he was something like we've never seen. But we've never seen a player that could run like this and throw like this. We've never seen that combination. So what Greg Roman has in store that they've been preparing for but haven't used yet is, is Tennessee going to be prepared for it? Will, will they be able to defend it? I, we won't know until it happens. I, it's really interesting you mentioned about Greg Roman because my memories of him, the last time we saw him in the playoffs was with that 49ers team mm-hmm. with Colin Kaepernick kind of at the early part of the last decade. And I think about like the game that Colin Kaepernick had in Green Bay, those kind of games showed what he can do with a scheme now you're giving him someone who has some touch on his past can make the throws as well. Terrifying was the word I used, and I will use it again, I think. Well, and that's just that. But, I mean, they've got two Pro Bowl offensive linemen. They've mm-hmm. got three tight ends. One of them is going to the Pro Bowl. They've got a fullback that is, you know, 310 pounds that plays on the defensive line. I mean, they just, you know, they have the fastest player on the field in Hollywood Brown. So, I mean, they have a complementary group of players. And on the offense, and they, you know, and Orlando Brown is, you know, can obliterate the sun. So, you know, at right tackle, <laughs> and lives in the legacy of his great father that, you know, isn't around anymore to watch his son play. But I mean, it's just they, they've got so many other pieces that make this thing work. And so it is a challenge. It's a challenge for Tennessee right now. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure, you know, I guess you, you have to figure out a way to win on third down and get them off the field. The way, uh, you know, the way the Chargers did in the playoffs a year ago. And I like what Tennessee have done on defense this year. I think they've been a really good side on that side of the ball, but we didn't have to see them do a huge amount against Tom Brady last mm. week. So it's how they can live up to that. And then I guess whether or not they can keep Lamar Jackson off the field with their run game. Yeah, I mean, look, Derrick Henry has the ability, like he did against the Patriots last week, to play keep away. I mean, he ran it 34 times. It's the most any back could run it in the league all year long. And he looked just as fresh after the 34th carry as he did when he started that game in the opening drive. I mean, if you remember, well, I know you do, but that, that two-minute drive, they got the ball at their 25-yard line with two minutes and 19 seconds to go. And he's the only player that touched the football. Like, they either ran it or threw it to him all the way down the field. And it, it, it looked like he was the freshest player on the field. So it's a tribute to, you know, he missed a week at the end of the season with a hamstring. Maybe he just got fresh. But, I mean, they have that ability to put Lamar Jackson on a bench if they can do what they did to the Patriots. Do they need to get something out of Ryan Tannehill this week after the just 75 yards against New England? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. No, I mean, look, maybe they can run the same type of game plan, but I doubt you can against Baltimore. I think that um, what they have defensively is is in some ways different than what the Patriots do. But I, I do believe that Tannehill is going to have to throw it and throw it successfully. And A.J. Brown was invisible, but he was he was the star player. Now, I think the, the, the Ravens have the best secondary in football. They have a bunch of guys that can just lock him up. You know, whether it's Marcus Peters or Marlon Humphrey who's going to the Pro Bowl or Jimmy Smith. I mean, they have a lot of guys that can take him away if they want to go there. But I think they have uh, they, they have the total defense. And I think that Wink Martindale system is so multidimensional and so complicated that as you've seen guys like Earl Thomas grow into the scheme over the season, because he was used to something so much simpler in Seattle, mm-hmm. they've just got better and better. That's what scares me, is that they are just getting better as the season goes on. Unlike, you could look at like the likes of San Francisco and New England who started so hot and lost games late. They just seem to... They, they, it feels like they're unstoppable. 
Well, I think, you know, I th- you know John Harbaugh has been here before. Um, he's been in this playoff run before to go win it. Um, and so he knows how to prepare a team. I think that they'll be ready. I mean, they, they've got the best special teams. They've got the best kicker. They've got the best punter. You know, I mean, they, so the field position, you know, they'll make Tennessee go the longest field. They'll know. I mean, the kicker doesn't miss. So, I mean, I'm, I hope I'm not jinxing here, but he's been just automatic. Uh, but I think, you know, from the technical and tactical side, they've got all that as well is all of the technology that they have, you know, with Lamar Jackson and Earl Thomas and, you know, Matt Judon is going to the Pro Bowl. I mean, they have all of that in Wink Martindale and what Greg Roman can do. I mean, I just think that they're they're ready to, you know, they're ready to make this run all the way to Miami. Hello, you're listening to the Horse Ramble Daily, where we'll be covering all of your horse needs. And there's more. Every day during the Cheltenham Festival, Betway are giving you the chance to win £50,000 in the free-to-play or to win game. Head to betway.com to play now. Up next, more horses. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Full terms apply. 18 plus only. BeGambleAware.org. Hi, everyone. It's Dev off the radio here. We're doing a brand new podcast from LucasAid Sport called Running the Show. And I'm Sam Thompson from Made in Chelsea. Hey. I'll be joining Annoying slash being overly affectionate with Dev <laughs> for the next 12 weeks as we both take up running for the first time. Make sure you join us on all your podcast providers to find out which one of us is killing the training and which one of us is hating every second. Probably me. The other side of the AFC, we have two of the most exciting young quarterbacks in the NFL in uh, in Pat Mahomes and, and Deshaun Watson going head-to-head. And it is a lot of talk this week been about Drew Brees and Tom Brady and the fall-off and hitting their 40s. Seeing these three or four guys all in that same side of the conference it gets you hyped for the next 15 years, let alone for this weekend. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's it's what it's it's how the league and great teams get built. You find that magical quarterback. That just loves to play. He's the face of the franchise. He loves all the responsibility that comes with it. And that's Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes to a T. And that's what they traded up for in the draft three years ago get. And here they are. And once you get that guy, you never stop building around him. And so you look at the Houston Texans and what Carlos Hyde and Laramie Tunsil and DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller and all these guys can do. And, you know, when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, I saw him in training camp this summer and I thought, this is a track team. This isn't a football team. It's a track team. I mean, give them a baton and let them pass the baton from Tyreek to Mecole to Sammy Watkins. I mean, there's never been more speed assembled on an offensive side of the ball, and it perfectly fits with the cannon that Patrick Mahomes has for an arm. It's... um. I, I, <laughs> Tyree Kill chasing guys down on long touchdowns has been quietly the most ridiculous flex of the season. He's done it about three times now, I, and it's hilarious every time. You know, I mean, look, his his Twitter handle is he's the cheetah. And, you know, the cheetah is the fastest animal in the kingdom. And he's he's the fastest player in the league. And you don't know it until he chases players down that are also fast. And you're thinking, like, this is, you know... This looks like the Olympics, you know, and guys coming down the stretch. This looks like Secretariat, you know, just running away with, you know, with horse races. I mean, that's the type of 
different speed that he has. So Deshaun Watson's playing like Michael Jordan on one side of the ball like he did for the second half last weekend, as, as Debo told us. And if you've got Patrick Mahomes and all the speed on that side, who has the defense to stop the opposition, do you think? Well, you know, I think, you know, first of all, this is a rematch, right, from week mm-hmm. six. And Houston did go up there and win 31-24. And I was there that day, and and really... You know, Houston ran the ball for 190 yards, and that was the difference in the game. Uh, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, Deshaun Watson—they were all—they all contributed a great deal, and it kept Mahomes on the sideline for a large part of the game. And but I but I I think that Steve Spagnuolo was brought in there to fix the defense. And if you look at um, Steve Spagnuolo, like when he won a championship in New York, it took him about a half a year to figure it out. And they've made a lot of changes, and part of the changes is. Tyron Matthew is their star player on defense. And it they now have him basically playing almost a linebacker. He's not playing deep safety. And he makes he'll, he'll make every tackle if you don't block him. I mean, he's just a tackling machine. He leads him in solo tackles. He leads him in passes defense. I mean, he's just uh, – he leads him in, in so many different categories. And the, the defense really is geared to him right now. And they look a lot better. I think the Chiefs' defense has improved enough where they have the better defense right now. I love Chris Jones. I think the guys they have on the edge, Terrell Suggs is kind of quietly an amazing pickup. And that's, I know there'll be a lot of talk about whether Will Fuller's back for, for the Texans this weekend and, and what that does for them stretching the field and opening up those opportunities. But I do think that if they can contain Deshaun Watson with the, those set of guys on the front, that's going to be, for me, the big game. For well, them. the one thing, I, you know, I, you, you think about Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. If you're a defender going up against these guys, I don't care what the score is. I mean, we saw it was sixteen nothing against Buffalo, right? You you never feel like you have them put away, never. And that's what it was like. And Mahomes was down twenty four nothing to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, and they could have easily won that game last year. So no matter what happens in this game, if you're a fan and you're listening to us right now, uh, but you can never just turn the TV off. You can never step away from it. Not with these guys. They're just too ultra competitive, and there's just too many plays that they can just make that are unscripted. Uh, And then final game of the weekend, Seattle going into Green Bay. Uh, We've seen some brilliant playoff games between these teams in the past. Mm -hmm. And and you'd argue two of the quarterbacks who, outside of these young guys, make the best plays outside of the pocket. And like you say, a game is never dead when you Mm -hmm. have Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson under centre. So I guess it's whether Seattle with... Out the bye week and and with all the injury issues they've had, can just keep going on this run where they keep doing just enough to go and beat teams. Yeah, well, with Russell Wilson, I mean, the guy's going to take the ball, and if the play's in there in two seconds, he's going to move. And he's just a remarkable, remarkable player. And look, he he played his last year of college in Madison, just down the road from Green Bay. He certainly knows what winners are like. Uh, in Wisconsin, and that's not going to bother him. Nothing bothers him. I mean, he started every single game for eight straight years. Um, he is what every team hopes that they can find. And then on the other side, Aaron Rodgers, like he, it will be, um, you know, he made a coaching change and people don't love his offense, but he doesn't need a whole lot. You give him Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, that might be enough. It's been enough to win 13 games this year. Now, Alan Lazard and you know, Geronimo Allison and all the other guys that are there. I mean, they're, they they have a role, Jimmy Graham, whatever. But the offense has gone through Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. And there's some weekends where that's more than enough. And Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball 
to guys that he trusts. They're going to be in the right place. They're going to get open. They're going to make plays. And he has, he just has a sense of where the weakness is in a defense, and he'll attack it. Before we get the Friday injury report, at the moment it's still looking pretty ominous for mm. Seattle's offensive line, and as much as... You know, they managed to go on the road and win last weekend against the Eagles. They had a rough time against Fletcher Cox and those guys up front. I look at the Zadaria Smith in particular, the, the December and November he's mm. had, and I do worry a little bit for Russell Wilson that he's going to be under a lot of pressure on Sunday night. And he knows, it, and he knows how to avoid pressure, but, you know, the, the pressure can make anything crack. And, you know, Mike Smith, who is coaching... Uh, Zadarius Smith, you know, he grew up with Mike Pettin and Rex Ryan. Like he's, he's from that era. He's from that brand of football where we're going to get a free hitter at your quarterback. We're just going to break your protections down. And usually that, that one man is Zadarius Smith in the off and in their defense. I mean, he sort of has the freedom to kind of go where he feels like he can get the best way to get to the, and the best thing to do there. Russell Wilson is to go right at him, right up the middle. And you'll see a bunch of those type of blitzes right up the middle with Zedarius. Well, I saw I was in Seattle for the Week 17 game against the 49ers, and then we saw it again, uh, I think, last week as well. But the run game, it's great story that they've got Marshall Lynch back and he's got a couple of touchdowns, but they can't be going at three yards a carry outside of that. And, and they, they, they're not going to be able to keep a defense like that, which you say will be so blitz-heavy, honest, without a run game, I feel. Well, I think that you'll see Russell Wilson a bigger part of the run game. I mean, you know, they led the league in rushing last year, and he was a big part of it. And so you'll see read option, and you'll see quarterback draws, and you'll see probably bootlegs. I think you'll see Russell Wilson in the run game a lot more this week than you saw him last week against Philadelphia. And then finally, with with the Pete Carroll, with the way they play defense in Seattle, which is so opportunistic and so ready to break on the ball and look to make those big plays, is there an argument that maybe Aaron Rodgers needs to play a little bit more within structure, on schedule, just take what's given to him? Because I do feel like at times, for as brilliant as he is and maybe the best arm talent that we've seen in the last 20, 25 years, sometimes he just has to go for the home run when actually the six-yard out route will do you. He's been better this year, Will. I mean, he's thrown the fewest interceptions in the league um, outside of that, you know, the last weekend, but he he takes care of the football. And um, he he also understands the game from the standpoint of what's the score? Let's not do anything to screw this up. They've got a great field goal kicker, Mason Crosby. Um, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to set records. You know, it's, it's, and it might not be about him. It's about moving on and playing the next weekend. And so whatever it takes to win the game, it, it, and they have won ugly this year a lot. And he's heard, he's heard that. But, you know, winning ugly has got him 13 wins and they've got him a, a home game here at Lambeau Field. So it may be ugly, you know, and so he's, and I've seen him take sacks and throw the ball away and, um, you know, yell at his receivers for not doing the right thing. I mean, you've seen him do all that stuff year round and it doesn't all year long. And it, it doesn't look pretty, but they've got 13 wins. So, finally, Baldy, I have to ask you, who are you picking right now before we go into Divisional Weekend? Who do you fancy to, to still be there when we're chatting again in Miami in a couple of weeks' time? Well, I'm going to make it real simple here, Will. I'm just going to do a clean sweep of home games, the home teams. Um, I think the week off is, for San Francisco, I mean, they, they had played 13 straight weeks. They had an earliest bye. I think they needed a week off. I think Nick Boza... Some of these rookies, even if their last name is Boza, a week off 
does these guys a lot of good. Um, I think you'll see a really fresh, charged 49er team get things started on Saturday night, and I think straight through, I think we'll see home teams clean up. Nice. 49ers-Ravens. It was a great Super Bowl when we had it in New Orleans a few years ago. Hopefully it'll be a great Super Bowl again in Miami if we can have it again. Um, Keep enjoying your time in London. You're with Sky right through until the championship games, right? All the way through. Beautiful stuff. And then out in Miami. It's it's a wonderful time to be alive, honestly. Well, it's always good. uh, London and (laughs) Fort Lauderdale and Orlando and all the places I'm going is great. Baldy joining me in the Talk Sports Studios. Really fun chat here, that now here on the Gridiron Show. Uh, Right, so... I did say I, well, I kind of left it to him to give his analysis of this weekend. I'm just going to make my picks very quickly for this one. Um, I am taking basically all of the home teams, and I'll justify as to why. Something we didn't get into too much in that 49ers-Vikings game. I do think that from a scheming perspective, it's going to be fascinating on Saturday evening. I just feel like Minnesota, on the six-day week, without the bye week, the 49ers having had... 13 straight weeks of games having had the earliest buy in the season will make a huge, huge difference to them. It will refresh that pass rush who did start to struggle down the stretch against quite a weak pair of tackles. And the right tackle in Minnesota, actually, I don't mind too much, uh, O'Neill, but I just think that they will get to Kirk Cousins. If they can slow the run, if they can stop Dalvin Cook, then it's the 49ers to win. I don't think it's going to be an easy game, but I do fancy the 49ers to win that one. I think Baltimore will just have too much for Tennessee. I said it to Baldy, but I think... They're the best team in the NFL this season, although the Tennessee story is brilliant and hopefully it shows that they're going to go somewhere over the coming years, become a real force. Kansas City against Houston. I don't think that Houston get a repeat of the win they got there in October. Uh, I do. Uh, Will Fuller is still questionable. In fact, I think he was uh, listed as limited in practice on Thursday. And, and Kansas City's defense has just improved exponentially over the past kind of seven or eight weeks of the season. So I like them to be able to slow Houston down enough to get the victory. The one I'm, I'm tightest on is Green Bay over Seattle. I mean, you've heard it from Matt Sherry a lot on this show. Green Bay aren't a great all-round team, but again, the same thing I put to Baldy earlier. I think those Seattle tackles, just uh, the Seattle offensive line in general, aren't going to be able to handle Zadarius Smith and that scheme and everything that Mike Smith's going to throw at them from the, the pass rush and the linebacker perspective. Uh, Preston Smith on the other side. And Russell Wilson, you know, there, there, were been, there were moments this past weekend where they'd left seven in and they were still getting pressure on Russell Wilson. So I just think it's going to be too much for them, and I think we're going to get all four seeds through to the uh, championship weekend. Um, if you want to hear me over this weekend, I will be live on TalkSport with the two later games, uh, the Titans-Ravens and the Seahawks-Packers game. You can try Ollie involved in that a little bit, although I know he's watching it with the misses this weekend. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you for the Gridiron Show, at Gridiron on Twitter, at UK Gridiron. Some really exciting stuff coming up ahead of the Super Bowl, so rate review subscribe all that lovely stuff let us know you enjoyed the chat with baldy this has been the gridiron show